blood. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Chapter 11, the 11th chapter of Mark's Gospel, verses 20 through 23. Mark 11, verses 20 through 23. And I'm reading, commencing at verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curses is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. And be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Amen. Amen. Believe the word. That's what I want to talk about. It's amazing to me how powerful these scriptures are. And see, my mind is back in school where I just made an announcement for those of you that are here to join. And the reason for that is so that you can get information for your now and for your here and now, so that you will not be T-boned or side-wrecked because of ignorance and derelict. I tell you that, and I tell you why I said that. Here in the just read scripture, the day prior to this scripture, Jesus had come upon a fig tree. Mm-hmm. And he had cursed to the root that fig tree. And he had told that fig tree to dry up. And that no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now allow me to do that. Why do you think God brought you over here? 
Then now answer that. So then you going to stay like you were when you got here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what some of y'all are doing because you're not hearing what is being said here. Now I'm not jumping on you, but you came over here, God brought you over here for a reason, and that reason is not for you to stay the same that you were when you got here. So you really need to put it in gear. But here's the point. Here's the Holy Ghost point. The day prior to when Jesus cursed to the root the fig tree and told it no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, and the Bible says that his disciples heard it, not his church members. Now, you ain't, you, you, I mean, if you're a disciple, then you are teachable, reachable. If you're a church member, you just move from place to place when you get mad. Mm -hmm. Pastor, I'm with you. I ain't ever going nowhere. And they got the suitcase packed in the trunk. That's what church members do. But a disciple is a learner. And is teachable. And is a cross bearer. Moving right along. So Jesus cursed the fig tree. So the day following, they come and they're on their way into the city. Jesus and his disciples, not his church members. A disciple is a learner and a doer. A church member is one who joins a church and as long as things are okay, they are there. Once they change, they are gone. So Jesus and his disciples. So they come past this fig tree the following morning. And they see it dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto the Lord, Lord, the fig tree that you cursed the other day is dried up from the roots. Yeah, like he's informing the master as to some great thing that has taken place. So he says, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto him, have faith in God. For verily, that means of a truth. For verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say, Whosoever shall speak unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart about the things he just said, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Wait a minute. Hold everything. You came from a place where you couldn't even handle a fig tree. Now you're in a place that requires more of you. Now what you going to do now that you're facing a mountain and you couldn't handle a fig tree? Hmm? 
Yesterday, it was a fig tree that had to be dried up from the roots to get to the basic problem right here. What is the basic problem with people? Unbelief. What are they saying? They don't even know. Because they have not adopted God's system for dealing with a mountain because they did not learn from the fig tree and how to deal with it. So what are you going to do in the swelling of the Jordan when the horses come and the soldiers riding on horses and you are wearied, amen, you are wearied by those that are walking, soldiers that are walking that weary you. So what you going to do in the swelling of the Jordan? How serious are you about your spiritual growth? Is it just a man ranting and raving and you say getting on your case so you getting mad instead of trying to get what the scriptures are saying so that you can have a quality life on up the road? Or are you going to fuss at every minister that God brings across your path that's trying to get you grown up but you got a problem with that minister? Why? Every Christian is supposed to be growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if the footman weary you, what will you do when the horses come? You got to get ready to grow up to handle your life. To handle your life. You don't want to be 80 and ignorant. So today as we look at believing the word and taking God at his word, it would benefit you that's running from everything and attached to no thing, not even a Sunday school class. What are you doing? What is your explanation for staying ignorant? What is it? It's not funny. It's tragic. That I can't get you to move into a position to be taught the greater things that God has in his word. And there's no need you talking about money. You spend more money going out to eat and ain't got nothing. Cook that home. <laughs> I'm right up behind your neck, baby, with a Brillo pad. But I need for you to think. Because God didn't bring you over here for you to stay the same. So please listen up and then do. So as I talk to you this morning about believe the word. If you have no other evidence, nowhere around you, Believe the word. And part of that is to know that God don't want you to stay ignorant. He's brought you into a place, gave you a pastor that would love you, put a word in his mouth for you, and you don't do nothing. You don't do nothing. So why didn't you stay where you were? That would have fit if you were doing nothing. But you're over here where things are being done, and you still don't do nothing. You think God happy with you? 
Okay. I'm going to try to leave that alone. Okay. But how many of y'all heard me? Nice kids, raise your hand. <laughs> y'all be tripping. Jesus moves his disciples from a fig tree mentality to a mountain moving faith. And you think about that one. I saw the ball go over the fence, baby. He's moving them from the mentality of the fig tree to show them that what he did yesterday if they would apply it to the conditions in their lives that it would cause them to be able because he is the teacher it would cause them to be able to move the mountain I remember when I was a kid growing up and my mother told us that we're going to Arkansas. And she told us that we would be able to see some mountains because, you know, we were, we, we were raised in the hood in the projects over there. And we had never seen no mountain. So we all got in the car and we were all seated in the seat that we were given the seat in. I was right up by the window on the passenger side back there. And so I'm just looking out of the window, and I'm asking my dear, are we in Arkansas yet? She kept saying, no, we're not in Arkansas. When we get there, I'll tell you that we are in Arkansas. We rolled on a little bit further. Rolled on a little further. My dear, are we in Arkansas yet? No, I told you, I'll tell you when we get to Arkansas. We rolled on. Mother says, we're in Arkansas. I said, I ain't say wow. Whatever word I said, it meant good. We're in Arkansas. But I'm looking, and I don't see no mountain. All I see along the side of the road further back, maybe 100 yards, is a big old mound of dirt with trees growing on it. Because I've never seen a mountain. And Mother says, there is a mountain right over there. I'm looking all out the window. I don't see no mountain until I looked up and the, 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 the landscape or the terrain that was on the bottom with the smaller trees and larger trees, I kept looking and it kept going up and up and up some more and up a little bit more. And I asked my mother, what is that? And she says, that's a mountain. And I say, are we in Arkansas? <laughs> we were in Arkansas, and that was the first time ever in my life, because I'm from the hood, seeing a mountain. And the only thing I saw was a big old mountain of dirt with grass on it and trees growing out of it. It was a mountain. 
And here Jesus is speaking to his disciples about how to handle that. You couldn't handle the fig tree. And now here's a mountain. So let me recapitulate. So at least you ought to be able to handle this mountain. If you're willing. Friend, there are some mountains in your way. And those mountains are there to create more doubt and to generate more confusion and to cause you to start singing that pitiful song, I can't. I don't know how. It's no way. What is this? Why does it not move? How long is it here to stay? Is that a stay until you learn how to move it? You say, well, I don't care about moving it. Well, that's fine. Just know this. You ain't going nowhere. Because that mountain, not only does it create a lot of doubt and creates a lot of confusion, it rips the faith right out of your spirit and you live in the shadow of the mountain. How many times have things got too difficult for us to move forward? And we've told the Lord, I can't do this. I can't handle this. The requirement on me is greater than the power that I possess to deal with it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to lie down right here in unbelief and do nothing. And there are so many of God's people whose faith have gone right out of their feet and they cannot find a way to move forward because that mountain right there requires every ounce of faith that you possess. And some people lay up on the mountain and cry and they wish their mama was still here. Some people see the mountain as too much for them and they do nothing. Some people do not believe that a mountain is there. Let me see if I can help you out. Every step forward that you are called upon to make is going to be challenged. So you have to set in your mind what kind of life do you want? And walking with Jesus requires faith. There's no such thing as I'm going to leave Satan alone so he can leave me alone. Man, listen, you tripping. You say, I'm, I'm not going to say anything to him. I'm not going to say anything about him. I'm just going to leave him alone so I can have peace. He's already got you deceived. He's not leaving you alone so you can have peace. He's talking to you about you killing your crazy self. So we have to determine, listen, how much of God's word are we going to pull out of this suitcase and use against the adversary? You say, wait a minute, preacher. Hold up, pastor. I have no word. I know it. And it's not because it's not being preached. 
is because somebody is not listening. So you're going to try to play it safe. If I don't bother him, he's not going to bother me. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. So by not dealing with the mountains that shows up in our lives, it gets worse. Things ain't on the way to get better for you because you're quiet. Things are on the way to get terrible for you because you're quiet. Speak to the mountain. And say to the mountain, wait a minute, pastor, I do not speak to inanimate object. You better learn how to start. That mountain is coming to take your health. It's coming to take your joy for sure. And it's come to kill everything that's called God in your life. So to what things soever you desire when you pray, believe. Believe what? Believe that you receive. So now I have to take a look at my prayer life if I'm going to enjoy my life. Now, in this prayer life situation, I want to move you away from getting beside your bed every night. And that determines your prayer life. What did you do with the rest of the day? I just cussed him and kept moving past. <laughs> we have to learn that if we are struggling with the fig tree, what are we going to do with that mountain? And you notice how the Lord put this. It was just one day up the road past the fig tree. So what do we do when we are challenged to do something and that something is what we don't know what to do or we don't apply it to life situation? Now the reason I'm talking to you about this is because the Lord put it on the calendar for me to talk to you about believing his word. Because if, if we don't believe his word, we won't use his word. And if we won't use his word, then we are bound and determined to be defeated. And there are just too many defeated Christians. Too many. Because life will challenge what you say you believe. It will challenge what you say you believe. Some of y'all look like you're saying to me, uh, okay, I got this. Can we uh, go ahead and conclude it? No. It's larger than that. Anybody in here ever had a trial? Anybody in there ever had a trial that lasts more than one day? See, when we get a trial, we want the Lord to complete it, conclude it, and get rid of it for us, right? It may be five years up the road before that thing comes to pass. But what you going to do in the meantime? Huh? In the meantime. Now, you know he may not come when you want him. Could I get a witness up in here? 
But I tell you this, he will come and he will be on time. But the question on the floor, ladies and gentlemen, is can you stand the trial while he's on the way? Oh, I felt that one right there. Can you stand the trial while the Lord is on his way to complete it for you? I'll answer that for you. No. Some blood been shed. Somebody dead. You've been arrested. You facing trial. All of that because you couldn't wait on him. See, when we don't wait on him, we are a disaster. Peter couldn't wait. He said, Lord, if anybody come around here even looking like they want to put a paw on you, I got you. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You know that wasn't right. Here Peter done cut the man's ear off. The ear's on the ground. Jesus has to pick down, pick the man's dirty ear up and stick it back up beside his head. Because Peter couldn't wait. It's a lot of folk couldn't wait on the Lord and went into business with the wrong person. If you had waited the information you needed would have come to you tomorrow. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. When the Lord spoke to me to leave AT&T after 18 and a half years, I was working there with a guy. We had basically the same job description and I knew that God had spoken to me to leave AT&T. Because I had a family and responsibility and I was not leaving until the Lord told me to leave. So when the Lord told me to leave, it was another guy that was there that came to me and said the Lord told him to leave. Well, I ain't bothered that. Because see, when you start prophesying into people's lives and it doesn't go right, they're going to blame you. I got a witness up in here. So while he's talking, he convinced himself that he was going to leave too. So he put the paperwork in, just like I did, and he left. Well, when he left, and when I left, that means both of us were gone. I figured that out. <laughs> and so what happened is that he missed God. Everything that could go wrong in that young man's life it went wrong. Everything that could go right in my life, it went right. And when he heard about how right things were going over there with me, he began to question whether or not he had made the right decision. And the last time I talked to him, it was concluded that he had missed God. Let me tell you something. People can talk all this noise, but you better make very sure that you heard the Lord. Uh-huh. You better make very sure that you heard the Lord. Where I went up and on up and I'm still going up. He went down and he went down and he went down. And I was praying for him on my way up. See, God doesn't want any of us to miss him. So what you gonna do about that mountain out there? You say, well, I'm gonna 
Leave it alone. No, that ain't the will of God. You have to take authority over the mountain in the name of Jesus. And you have to start speaking to this inanimate object. And see, when people miss God, it takes him to put them back on track. But the problem they're going to have is that he ain't coming right away. So what does one do in the meantime while they're waiting on God and know that they've missed God? What does one do? Jesus already set the stage. He said, you speak to this mountain. This time, you have enough faith to talk to it. Because if it, take a, if it takes 100 years and you speak to the mountain and you don't have faith, it's still not moving. So you have to believe that those things which you say shall come to pass and you shall have whatsoever you say. Because when we talk about believe the word, it has to be God's word coupled with your word that is spoken by your mouth and believed in your heart. And those things that you believe and speak shall come to pass. This sanctuary right now used to be the lobby of the bank. Mm -hmm. Myself and two more preachers showed up in here the same day declaring that we believe that this is what God would have us to have to advance our ministry, to put it in the north part of town. Now, how can three of us show up the same day believing the same God, believing the same word? I submit to you, that God's will is predicated on what he said to you. Oh, help me now. What did he say to you? Three of us showed up at the same time. But look who got the building. And not only that, look who got the building to pay for it. Huh? Can I get a witness in here? So our wrestling is not with man. Our, 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 our deal is not with man. It's what did God tell you to do? That's where the weight is. That's where the strength of your words began to move mountains. But if you have nothing to say to the mountain, then the mountain will consume you. It's very important to realize that the Lord wants us to speak to objects that cannot speak back to us. And if you are found to be crazy at that moment, when someone hears you speaking to a mountain, you're not crazy, you're just full of it. Faith that is. Do you realize the power that you have to move mountains? Man, woman, you have power. Proverbs chapter 18. You got power. And when you start utilizing it properly, you'll see the power. Because God made us to be powerful people. And it all depends on who you're going to use this power to glorify. Can I get a witness? I'm talking about believe the word. Believe it to the point that you say it. 
believe the word to the point that you act upon it. So believe it, say it, and then haul off and do it. And when you saying it, you ain't got to go nowhere. Just sit right there and say it. Just stand right there and say it. Because it's in your saying that you have your productivity. You know the reason some of our lives are so cluttered up and so messed up and backwards? is because we have said too much of the wrong stuff. And because we've said too much of the wrong stuff, it's producing what we said. And now we're trying to figure out how to kill it. Hmm. It takes a lot of faith to kill a lot of them words. Your faith will be up all night long. All night long. All night. And when it gets back to you in the morning, here's your question. Did you kill all of it? Can you hear your faith saying, I tried, but there was so many of them out there. When you raise your tongue to say things to people that you know you ought not to be saying, you are planting seed for a harvest to come into your life. But you know where the problem going to come in and make it even worse? You're getting too old to get all of them back. So now you just say, just forget it. Got a problem. Those words are not going to forget you. Ain't that something? The worst thing in the world is a bitter old person. Are you in Proverbs 18? All right. Look at verse 20. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20. The Bible says, now skip verse 20, go to verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You mean my tongue has power? It surely does. So where does death and life live in my life? It's in my mouth. It's in my mouth. If some of our mouths could be overcome by the word to correct us, then we wouldn't have so much seed in the ground growing against us. Now when is the last time your mouth just went off and even you couldn't stop it? Huh? Even you couldn't stop it. It just went off and went on down the track saying all this stuff and planting seeds in the middle of the track on the left side and on the right side of the track. And you thought that you were being mature. Then you got to mitigate our That's to look back and say, I told them, didn't I? If death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it. Wait a minute. 
Aren't death and life plural? I learned that at school. Death and life are plural. But it is single. And there's some folk that you probably know, or you may be one of them, that just love to tell people off. Yeah. You just love to tell them off. And you declare, I'm going to keep it straight in my life. I'm going to tell all of them off. I'm going to tell them how to cow, even when they had a toothache, <laughs> ate the cabbage. And I ain't going to be quiet until I want to be quiet. So I'm going to tell them, wait a minute. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it. Now we got a problem. We, we, it what? Death or life. Which it? Because if I lack death, you can put me in the category of being a very messy person. I'm messy. Words I say are messy. People I deal with are messy. My house is messy. Everything is messy. Do you know anyone like that? And when you're messy and you're getting older, you're dropping off people that used to like you. So what do you do when they drop off your radar? And see, the devil is so subtle until the people you say you love now, you will hate with a supernatural hatred. You say, preacher, you mean to tell me that hatred can be supernatural? It surely can. I remember when I got caught up in that about maybe eight or nine or ten years ago. It was a preacher that corrected me and offended me at the same time. And I said to myself, I don't ever want to hear this preacher. That's what I said to myself. I don't want nobody calling his name to me because I don't like him. That was my position. And every time, every time his name came up, my anger came up. Let me put it like this. Because oftentimes we don't utilize the word anger over here on this side of town. We don't. I'll tell you the word we use, mad. I'm just mad. And we don't remember what the word says. So reach over there and get it out and use it. Anger rests in the bosom of a fool. So whether I'm mad or angry, I'm still a fool. Every time his name came up, I was a fool. I didn't want to hear nothing about him, none of that. And he's a good preacher. But my pride and my anger would not let me let it go. Now, let me ask you a question. What do you have in your wallet? Now, what do you have in your life right now against somebody and you just won't let it go? You're a fool. God calls you a fool. And when the creator calls something he, he made, which was a person that's not a fool, that had become a fool, because they're so mad and upset and acting like a fool, 
until the fool won't let it go. You know what the fool does? He go find some more fools, and now we got five fools that started out with one fool. And the five other fools that the fool got are now acting a fool, and they're recruiting a fool, and now we got 15 people not liking one person. Why? And we're sitting up trying to take the Lord's Supper. You like problems. Because you're sure going to have them. So here's the point. This is the point. Don't miss the point. I cannot, because I choose not to, make more enemies in my life Because I'm soon to be 74. What in the world is a 74-year-old man running around with all these enemies? What did he do? What did he say? How did he act? Why would he be a fool to make people that love him become a fool? Do you know what happened? People want you to hate who they hate. Do I need to say that again? People want you to hate whom they hate. I'm here to tell you this morning. Don't do it. You say, what does this have to do with the mountain? I'm trying to tell you. The people that you have confusion with. And that you spread in a bad name. Good name, whatever that name is. All over town. You still have not spoken to the mountain. You said nothing to the problem. You talked about it. Jesus said, yesterday I told you how to speak to a fig tree, and today I'm telling you how to speak to a mountain. So which way do you want it? Do you want to have the ability to speak to the mountain, tell it to be removed, and don't doubt in your heart? But believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. You're going to have whatsoever you say. Now wait just a moment. Get the flashlight because it's dark in here. Look back and see how much stuff you have said. Because that's what's knocking on the door. So are you able to speak to the mountain? Because if we, trust me, if we cannot handle the little things in our lives, don't even call for the bigger things. And you see, on this journey, and we don't know how long the Lord is going to allow us to live. But we can determine the quality of life that we want by staying out of other people's business. So if we're going to see good days, we have to teach our tongue to speak no evil and our lips that they speak no guile. That is, if you want peace in your old age. I don't know about you, but I can talk about me. I want a lot of peace in my old age. 
And I don't want to be spending nights, sleepless nights, because I have not paid folk when I was younger. Carrying no 30-year-old bill. So if you're going to have a good life and see good days and be happy with the life that you and God have built for yourself so that you can live your life out in peace, then learn now how to treat people. Learn now how to talk to people. Learn now how to forgive people. Learn that now. Because if you do not, you will be forced to do it. Life will force you into a corner. And see, the bitter old person, even the kids don't go around anymore. Because they know mama bite your head off. Why? Because she's miserable. And ain't nothing in the world more miserable than mama. Amen. And then she have a takeover spirit. She's miserable and she want to take over your little baby. <laughs> uh-huh. You going out tonight? Yeah. Who going to keep the baby? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure that. Bring the baby over here. Uh-huh, bring the baby over here. Because I need to maintain control. I don't even like the baby, but bring the baby over here. I got to control you. Anybody still here? Now, when you get ready to speak to the mountain, you have to gird up the loins of your mind to realize that you are in spiritual warfare. And that this mountain has come to rob you of your peace, to rob you of your joy, to rob you of your future advancements. So when you realize that, you realize also that death and life is in my mouth that's coming out of my spirit. And if I don't speak to destroy this thing that's trying to destroy me, then it's going to destroy me. And I'm not going to let that happen. So what do I do? I speak to this mountain. Because if I didn't learn my lesson about the fig tree, God help me, I need to learn about this mountain. And, and one thing about it, I'm going to say it, but I don't want it to, I don't mean what I'm saying the way it sounds, and you'll understand when I say it. Okay? I would hate for Jesus to bring up another obstacle that I need to deal with. And I haven't even dealt with the fig tree. Now you done drug that mountain. <laughs> now you done drug that mountain up here. So what's the next going to be? Space travel? He's making the problem appear to be bigger. And you'll never know how small they are until you speak to them. Because your faith We'll cut that thing down to size. Now there are some of you in here with all faith. That's the kind of faith that don't take no mess. Uh, it's like Papa. Papa don't take no mess. And what it does is that it targets where the problem is coming from. 
It gets in there and it ferrets it out or it digs it out and it finds out that I'm not the problem. The problem is over there. So what am I going to do about the problem? I'm going to send my faith. I'm going to mount my faith up and tell my faith where to go. And I don't have to tell my faith what to do. See, when our faith is working for us, it will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. So if I got enough of God's word in me, I can speak. I can send my faith over there and it will destroy and take out whatever it is that's bothering me over here. Somebody tell the Lord thank you. Now the question is, do you have faith that your faith would do that? I do. I really, I, I really believe. I, I believe that God wants us at peace at all times. And I believe that anything that comes to destroy our peace, we need to address it at the front door. Who are you? What is your name? And who sent you? Because there's some things that can come at night that can destroy our peace. And God help us if it wakes up some of us. We don't like to be awakened once we go to sleep. Unless it's time to be awakened. But when you hear that phone ringing at 1.30 in the morning, you know ain't nothing good on the end of it. And if you have children, one of the first things that pop up in your mind, what's wrong? Who's bothering my child? And you answer the phone and they say, Mama, I'm at the emergency room. What? You are totally taken up out of your sleep and have lost your joy. And now here you are putting the wrong shoe on the right foot and, and you, you're half getting dressed. Why? Because my child is in trouble. Now your peace is gone. But you see, if we had reached into that place where God's word is and before we went to sleep, Father, I'm putting my child into your hands. I pray that you'd keep them. Pray that your blessings would, you know, sustain them and all that. So when you get the call that your child is in trouble, you ain't trying to run around about it because you gave them to God before you went to sleep. Does that make faith? Sure does. It surely does. Because there's no one that you love that God is not able to take care of. So the only thing I've been saying for some of you that's looking strange at me is how to handle that mountain that's coming. You may say, it ain't going to move. And you know why it's not going to move? You have to address it. it. It has to know that you are not afraid of it. Anybody in here ever had a spiritual mountain? I'm dealing with one right now. So y'all pray for me. Because I already know I'm dealing with what you call stubborn resistance. Stubborn resistance. Because when I went to physical therapy the last time, I got hurt. And I don't like pain. So I find myself between two. Do you go and get physical therapy where you know it's going to hurt before it feels better? So the thing is, are you willing to go through the pain? Are you willing to go through the hurt? The answer is no. 
And now I got the Lord working on a process that he can do on me so I won't have to go over there and deal with them. And right now it ain't coming. So is my, if my only way through here is physical therapy, then I might as well get to moving. Because right at this point, the mountain ain't said nothing. It's just sitting there with his big old self with all them trees and rocks and bricks and everything, and it's not moving. I spoke to it. Now, if I look like a hypocrite up here, then so be it. I spoke to it, and it's still there. So I might as well get my workout clothes. Because faith without works... And the more I exercise, the more inches the mountain going to move so I can see the road on the other side. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So there are probably some of you that's holding up what you know you need to do. And you wishing and are hoping that God would do it and leave you out of the process. Well, right now, I'm almost at the point to announce that you are part of the process. And God ain't moving no mountain for you or for us. So whatever we know we need to do, we need to do. Now, I just have thrown me up under the bus. Uh-huh. What kind of sense does that make? I'm the speaker, and I've thrown me up under the bus. Now, the way some of y'all are, you know what you're saying? Good, Pastor. <laughs> Until your mountain comes. So you pray for me, and I'll pray for you. That's what we'll do. Believe God's word to the extent that you act upon it and do not utilize what you have already done before for this trial right here because some things we're going to have to do to interact with God to make sure that we get the results that we are reaching for amen amen, amen. so God will do the process but he's going to do it with you So I need to lay down my stubborn resistance and get on through this. Now I know some of y'all, amen, give God some praise. Okay, while you're uh, happy to help me out with your amens and clapping your hands, just remember, I'm not the only one with the trial. I'm not. I'm not. But I know me, I'm probably the most stubborn, resistant person. But I realize that I'm only hurting myself. And as I get old, I need to get stronger. I don't need to get weaker. So I'm going to do what I need to do. And you make very sure when your hour comes, 
that you'll do what you know you need to do. Is that fair? I think that's fair. So if death and life is in the power of the tongue, healing is in my mouth too. Mm -hmm. Prosperity is in there too. Everything I need from God is in there. Healing is in there. Prosperity is in there. Peace of mind is in there. All that wisdom is in there. Amen. Truth is in there. Power is in there. It's, it's all in there. So what I have determined and learned here right quick is that we need to choose the words that we allow to come out of there. You know, like, by his stripes I believe that I'm healed. And then the other voice say, well, yeah, but go on to physical therapy and if you believe you healed. Because faith without works is dead. It make you want to take a brick and hit yourself in the mouth, but that would hurt too bad. But God is so good. He is so good. So I want to encourage all of you to believe God's word and to utilize it. Believe it, say it, and then act on it. And what you're going to find out is that it works. Now, I'm going to give you somewhere up the road an update. Okay? Okay? Don't fool me now, okay? I'm going to come back and give you an update. Amen. Amen. And, and I know the challenge that lie ahead of me, and I know the, the thing with building strength. I think I know it, but I need to have it, and I need for it to strengthen my body. Because what I have discovered with some of you that love the eloquent preacher Amen. is that every, am I right? Uh-huh, and I love you too. What I know is that when some of you see me in here on this walker, you're saying to yourself, didn't I pray for him? So why is he still on that walker? He's supposed to be off that walker. So my being on the walker could be responsible for disturbing some of your peace because of your love for me. Because now it becomes a matter of this, Lord, when? Because some of y'all remember me the way I used to be. And I remember me the way I used to be. So it's up to me to deliver both of us. That's the way I look at it. So as much as could be done that should be done, would be done. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. 
So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, Come. The Father says, Come. The Holy Spirit says, Come. And I say, Come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible... You pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.